All right, guys, first off, congratulations. UNF's first ever sand volleyball victory. Yeah. Uh, just kind of talk about, you know, the match and how you guys did. Emily, we'll start with you. All right, uh, well, we came out strong first set, won 21-8. Second set, started a little slow. We were down by like four, 14-18. We came back and pulled it out and had a great couple serves from Care, had a great couple serves from me. Just team effort. Welcome back to our second edition of Talent Talk. I'm your host, Brock Borgeson, and today... We will have on the show the person you heard in a clip recorded nearly eight years ago, March 9th, 2012, on the day the UNF Beach Volleyball team recorded its first win in program history. That is Emily Strack, now current assistant volleyball coach and beach volleyball director of Ops. Uh, she was heard in that clip and will be discussing her thoughts on the growth and evolution of the beach volleyball program um, here at UNF and kind of in Jacksonville throughout the country and now into its newest era with the recent announcement of the coop uh the name of the future on beat on campus beach volleyball complex and before we get going make sure to check out everything in last week's action it was a busy week here in the fall we're coming off of a big day for the men's cross country team that had two individual a sun honorees sophomore nathan jubrin was named a sun runner of the week and aiden gorman was tabbed as freshman of the week the volleyball squad also had their own duo earn weekly honors. Freshman Juliana Askew, now ranked fourth in the country in assists, went off for 70 against FIU last Saturday. And that 70 total was the most in 13 years in program history. She picked up Ace and Freshman of the Week honors. Redshirt junior Gabby O'Connell picked up Player of the Week honors posting 72 kills, including performances of 25 and 25 kills, respectively. Men's soccer, women's soccer, men's tennis, women's tennis, and women's golf were all in action as well, along with the women's cross-country team, so make sure to follow along on unfospreys.com to catch up on the latest news. But for now, we'll transition into our talk with guest Emily Strack. Thanks for being on. Thank you for having me. Super excited. Yeah, so for everybody that doesn't know, uh, last week, last Monday, we had a surprise announcement uh, at the soon-to-be um, grounds for our beach volleyball complex here on campus. Um, and a little bit of background on you. Um, you were on that 2012 team, our first first year of beach volleyball, mm -hmm. um, and obviously are still working here. Mm -hmm. Just describe what you were feeling that day and if you thought that day would come and, um, you know, yeah. how it feels. Yeah, well, first off, um, just so excited. So excited. I think I, uh, it's the first time I've cried in a while. Uh, it was pretty emotional uh, just being there for that moment to see the current student athletes kind of getting the dream uh, ticket to, to build this facility that we're super excited about. And that honestly has been in the works since 2012 when I was just a baby sophomore, um, when it was the first uh, season of UNF Beach Volleyball. It was even wasn't even called beach volleyball back then. It was sand volleyball. Um, it was the first year. It was an ABCA NCAA sport. Um, yeah, Monday was very emotional for me. I'm super surprised actually how emotional um, just seeing their faces and knowing that how many other faces weren't there that were a huge part of the program um, and seeing the growth in the sports, the fastest NCAA uh, sport um, in growth, uh, I think it was like 15 teams the first year and we're over a hundred now and in, in eight years, that's pretty darn quick. Mm -hmm. Um, and just seeing the growth of the sport, even in the university, um, there was only two beach only volleyball players the first year. And now we're up to 16. Um, we have a fully, um, running, uh, program during the fall. We, we travel during the fall. We get to, um, 
play against the top talent. We've always got to play against the top talent, but now we're back to the point where there's enough programs, but we're beating and playing um, and competing against the top talent in the country, just like it was in the beginning, because mm-hmm. there's only 15 mm-hmm. teams back then. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's so exciting. I It's like the field of dreams build in mm-hmm. and they will come. So, um, so excited, even for the continued growth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously the evolution of the, the sport throughout the NCAA is going to continue to evolve. I mean, it's getting airtime on ESPN and, you know, a lot of big schools are picking it up and um, obviously here it's, it's gaining popularity and now it's just great to have that on campus for recruiting and for the visibility of the program, especially where it is. Um, in 2012, did you think at that time that um, that would be a reality, that the complex on campus would be a reality if that was possible? Um, and then did you think that you would still be involved in the program? by the time that we had it. I I definitely hoped I would still be part of the program. I (laughs) knew that we would eventually do it. Um, I knew that it would eventually happen. I didn't think it would happen this quick, in all honesty, and I did not, I hoped I would be part of the program. I always kind of saw myself as a a coach in a player's body. Um, My body didn't do exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew what I wanted to do. I just didn't have the physicality always. Um, Yeah, I think... In 2012, I we didn't know any better. We didn't know that we were supposed to have a complex. We just knew that we were playing at JU all the time and beating up on JU and <laughs> um, beating up on a whole bunch of other schools, and that was the norm. It wasn't. We didn't talk about a complex because we just did what we had to do with what we had. Mm-hmm. Um, but seeing the growth in the sport and seeing going to get to go to South Carolina, seeing their complex, LSU, Stetson, um, schools in our conference that have complexes. I mean, now it's the norm. Um, and it's a way to function in, in the proper way and not driving to Jack's Beach every other weekend or every other day and mm-hmm. um, not playing on rec courts. Uh, those rec courts have done us great, though. They have, you know, uh, the, the history of the program is built on the Fountains Courts. Mm-hmm. Um, those always have a special place in my heart, yeah. but I'm very excited to not be pulling up tarp underneath the sand yeah. and having, uh, you know, that building a full five-court facility that can be used by the public as well and that can be part of you know jacksonville beach volleyball culture that's super exciting Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, i mean and that's you know a lot of what i had thought about for this interview too is just you know your connection to jacksonville and how interesting beach volleyball is is it having an identity in jacksonville and jacksonville beach and kind of that niche subculture within jacksonville that really fits the sport um and it's one of the reasons why you know it has such a there's such a possibility of it being a huge thing at a school like unf um, go into just kind of the effort that it took over the years that you're aware of, you know, from whether it's from our, pe- you know, people in development here, um, um, you guys as coaches, um, the players, uh, donors, all their generosity, um, upper administration, just th- talk about what you saw from the effort and what it took to get this, you know, happening. Yeah, absolutely. I think that even as a player in 2012, 13 and 14, I think that, there was probably backroom stuff going on like with admin talking about it that I wasn't a part of because I was still playing, but I know that it probably happened that first year. And I'm sure that there were like, you know, it's uh, just laying down the foundation to build this facility. I know that uh, maybe a year after I graduated, there was already like a drawn up um, projection of what the courts would look like, where they would be. I've always known in the back of my head where they would be right next to between baseball and softball. I thought that was a perfect spot. There's a grass lot just sitting there. I mm-hmm. mean, what else are we doing? Um, no, but I think uh, started off pretty early. I knew that there was so much to go into it. And I know that 
everybody was like, when it happens, when it happens, when it happens. And honestly, in 2017, in that spring, when Kristen Wright took over as head coach for both indoor and beach, I just knew like within 10 minutes of knowing her, like she was going to get it done. Mm -hmm. Um, She's got that mentality of just get it done. Like it's done. Like, why not? Mm -hmm. Um, Why not us? Um, That's a great mentality to have as a leader. And I knew she would get it done. I did not think it would be in a year and a half. That's Mm -hmm. pretty uh, spectacular Mm -hmm. if you think about it. but I know that that was the mentality coming in to take over the programs, both programs, was that Coach Wright would just get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that she's got a lot of good contacts and that she had people that she that she knew that this was a niche sport and that um, Jacksonville ha- is a spectacular place. And why not? Why? It, you, so she's from San Diego. Um, a little bit outside, but she lived in San Diego for the last couple of years, and she compares Jacksonville to San Diego all the time. She says it's a very similar atmosphere. You got the good city, you have downtown, you have the beach. It's it's a small town vibe. It's everybody knows everybody somehow, but like it's mm-hmm. huge. Um, so I think the, there was a lot that went into it this last year and a half. But I know for a fact that there has been a lot of work in the last eight years to get this thing going. How have you seen beach? How, is, how have you seen the beach volleyball program here? evolve in in terms of you know the type of players that have come through Mm -hmm. and um what the identity of the program is and just how it's um meshed with the school's identity yeah um i think since we won so early and went to the national championship the two first two years like we were one of those teams on campus that was expected to win but nobody knew what we had to do to even just to practice um beach volleyball itself is a grass grassroots sport like it's there's uh, now there is now there's million it's dollar kind of complex. like an ultimate frisbee wiffle ball feel to it in a sense where it's kind of rogue. <laughs> it's got it's kind of like a rogue like kind of sport that's burgeoning in popularity but like it doesn't not everybody knows, knows the ins and outs on. of it they yeah. don't know its pairs it's, yeah five people playing right. you know you know five five courts playing etc right yeah i definitely think so i think uh the grassroots part of it is that beach volleyball is like okay so when i was little you would always like i grew up playing volleyball um but beach volleyball was like something like your parents friends played in the backyard after mm-hmm. they had a glass or two yeah. <laughs> and they would just like have fun and it looked so fun and i remember watching my parents play beach volleyball like on a s- saturday night at the beach um and you know like little rec leagues and i remember seeing it and i remember playing like for the first time when i was like 12 maybe 11 and it was so fun but i was so out of breath mm-hmm. um it's just it's a grassroots sport that i think now has um really grown into something spectacular i mean you watch like ucla and usc and these big power schools like there's not five foot nine little girls out there. There's six foot three indoor players that have now converted to beach because it is an individual sport. It's kind of like how tennis runs, mm-hmm. where there's the yeah. five courts going. It's the it's the individual. Then it's also and you doubles. get postseason. Pl- I mean, they don't do it. I believe as as the pairs play in postseason anymore right. at, the, at the national level. No, they don't anymore. Right. But it, it but it did for a while, and they it kind did. of has that identity. And you still get pairs rankings and yeah. like doubles rankings in right. tennis. And there's a lot of weird nuances that are um, slowly evolving and becoming known to me even, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think at at UNF, it's also like developed, like the athletes are spectacular now. I mean, not to say that we weren't, but I know that honestly, the 2012, 2013, 2014 team, we had a couple really good athletes, but we didn't have any true beach players, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Where like now we've got girls out there like Donna Roskick and Callie Workman and Laura Galinas, like that are, athletes and their beach volleyball athletes if that makes sense mm-hmm. like they have the body type and 
the work ethic for beach volleyball. Mm -hmm. Now, I've never seen them play indoor volleyball, so I'm sure they'd be pretty good at indoor. It's very similar. But if you know the nuances, like you're saying, it is a different sport. It's totally different. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think the sport is a grassroots sport, and you're expected to work hard all the time off the court to make it function. And now it's just so exciting that they can just focus on playing volleyball. Yeah. Like I know all of my alumni girlfriends are so <laughs> jealous. Like I'm jealous, but at the same time, like I work here, like I'm going to well, still be a part of it's it. It's cool for you because <laughs> of the pride that you get to yeah. feel and the extra level of pride. Obviously yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's one thing to, for future um, people coming into the school and seeing it and identifying with it. Um, but it's another thing also to just kind of, wait for it and then and then have this be a reality um go back going back to what you were talking about with you know some of the a lot of the transition players that go from indoor and then end up playing beach and then you got like a mad mccarty this year that mm. now she just gets to focus on beach she was yeah. oh she was an indoor player going to winthrop um you know now she comes here she, mm. she's a setter um if you see an indoor player um, when do you know that, oh, that player could be a good beach player? What are the signs in an indoor side? Or is there are there any? Oh, yeah, there are signs. Um, first off, my personal opinion, setters and outsides make great beach players because they not the Not DSs, not as no, much? No, just generally. Yeah. No, but okay. DSs, absolutely. Like Angel but, what, but overall, what you've seen. Overall, yeah. in my personal opinion. Because Ange Angelie's playing. Angelie's yeah. a DS mm -hmm. um, for us where she can get on top and hit a ball, but the majority of her work indoor would be for back row mm -hmm. only, so defense. So I think outsides make really great. Outsides probably are number one. Then if you got a really cagey setter like a Mads. Yeah. Um, you kind of have to be gritty playing beach so and the, so the setter is a little bit of a gritty yes. position honestly i knew like that's why i was good at beach immediately because of how i was setting i was just aggressive and gritty um i would say you can also tell if not by their like what position they play you can tell by their eyes mm. like what do they see on the court if they're a smart indoor player like gabby o'connell is going to be out on the beach for us and that's mm -hmm. super exciting because she is a athletic mm -hmm. freak yes yeah, um, in my personal opinion <laughs> she um can get up and bounce a ball straight down and then she sees someone moving on defense and just will roll a ball right to a perfect spot and that's what beach is now it's all about the eye sequence and seeing what's going on in front of you and if you can put the ball down in indoor when there's six girls you can put the ball down when there's mm -hmm. two girls on the sand so when you're watching the court and your court visibility is an outside or as a setter setting up a middle or an outside for an attack um, you know, what, where are your eyes going, um, in indoor and, and how does it change for beach? Like what is the mental thought process for everything? Yeah. Um, well as a, like a setter, um, indoor, you're definitely basing it off the pass and then you have to look and do like a, basically a peripheral eye check to see it's just what a lot the of middles eye agility. Exactly. You're yeah. just like doing like a little, like look, glance mm -hmm. to your right. Okay. The middle is there training off. for that. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So like one drill we do a lot with our setters and I like, did. do you go to the optometrist and just like, no. <laughs> like <laughs> that would be a good test. I bet majority of NCAA setters have 2020 because you have to, like yeah. it would, you, you just, yeah. have to have you think eyes. about that all the time. It's like they have eyes in the back 
back of their head. Exactly. I mean, part of it is repetition too. But yeah. reps obviously help. But if you're like up at the net and you get a perfect set, you have enough time at the highest level to do an eye check. And you're not looking for like something huge. You're looking for a slight lean. Like if you see a middle move into her right, oh, I'm going to throw that ball straight down if mm -hmm. I'm in the front row. Now, if you see her moving and she doesn't know what she's doing or your middle isn't up or whatever it is, there's obviously different factors. But for beach, it's similar. If you see someone make a slight shift, you're going to push it the other way. And there's a lot of now new um, things in beach where like different, different, not mechanics, but um, fundamentals that you can do that like defenders now show early like they go to the right and then they take off to their left and it's a little just, bit of a deke and exactly it's a gamesmanship exactly so it's um it's interesting so you don't find that much in indoor like indoor is just like ball set swing ball set swing where beach is a little bit more of a mental game while still being physically more cardiovascularly Mm -hmm. Cardiovascularly, I think that's what yeah. I'm, um, exhausting. Yeah. It is. It, it like when I get out and get to play beach, it's. I'm well, like, oh, I mean, Lord. it's the surface. <laughs> it's you know dealing oh, yeah. with that and and trying to keep your you know your strength going and you know all the jumping that you're doing off of sand and obviously the impacts less, but it's oh, a it's harder. much less. Yeah. It is. You could play beach, so I play beach at Jack's Beach all the time with my girlfriends and. I've got girlfriends, I'm not going to say their age, but they are definitely 20 <laughs> years older than me. And so they're, you know, 50, still kicking my butt. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not kidding. I have one girlfriend who's 46. So mm -hmm. She won't listen. Don't listen to this. Um, <laughs> she has beaten me in tournaments. And <laughs> she didn't play D1 volleyball. She's just always played beach volleyball. And she just sees the court. And she's not stronger or faster than me, but she's smarter than me. So there's a joke that beach volleyball is kind of an old lady sport. It's, it's interesting because of where beach really blossoms and mm -hmm. obviously on the beach and there are probably a lot of players that play religiously that mm -hmm. have never played structured beach volleyball, oh, absolutely. but they're very good at it and they're very good athletes and they could have played collegiately right. and maybe professionally. And, oh, hundred percent. Um, it's kind of like you said at grassroots, you know, yeah. part of that identity. I know that I'm so, so, so thankful for beach becoming a sport when it did, because honestly I probably wouldn't be, where I'm at right now mm -hmm. and I wouldn't have gotten the opportunity to come to UNF um, because I did come for both. Right. I came for indoor and I came for beach and I was the first class that that was an option. Mm -hmm. And now it's more of an option. Um, we get, you know, power five uh, kids for indoor because they want to play beach. That's, mm -hmm. that's uh, like, that that's a huge recruiting. That's a huge recruiting. That's a huge mm -hmm. recruiting. Uh, I mean, it, it, it has created a very dynamic indoor team while still growing our beach team. And that's basically what coach Wright wants. She wants both programs to do well. She a hundred percent invests her time into indoor during fall and a hundred percent in beach during the spring. Um, it is, they are equal. They are on equal playing fields. And I feel like that is the biggest difference in the last eight years that it's not the stepchild of the indoor team yeah. that they are equal. They get the exact same amount of love. They get the exact same amount of TLC and they get the exact same amount of work. Remind me, talk, go, circle back to that, just talking about the pure grind of, you know, two things, balancing yeah. those and, and how, you know, I've seen it a little bit from the outside, but yeah. realizing, oh, you, you're practicing in the morning here and then you're shuttling yourself over to the fountains, practicing there, right. you know, and just staying on as a coach. But to go back, you know, talk about your time, you know, in Tokyo and then um, explain how you got there and what that <laughs> was for, for everybody. And then... Um, if you thought beach could be part of your life and then um, how you, you know, transitioned into playing beach here from yeah. JUCO. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so my dad um, worked for the federal government. He was the attache in the Tokyo embassy. So it's like ambassadors, the number one attache is like number two or three. Um, he got the opportunity to move to Japan when I was like in fifth grade, sixth grade. And so when I was 11, uh, we moved to Japan. We were supposed to be there for three. We stayed there for seven. Um, <laughs> was that a, a good seven? That was, we kept requesting for another year. I would okay. honestly... I would leave my job at UNF if I could afford to live in yeah. Tokyo. Um, Tokyo is pretty much the best place I've ever been. I've been lucky enough to travel a lot. Were you um, down? Were you downtown or were you yeah. suburban? No, I was. Yeah. Um, so because that's, I mean, to be downtown, there aren't yeah. many places that are paralleling that yeah. in the world. So Roppongi is the Times Square of Tokyo, and that is where I lived. I lived. Better not two have minutes. epilepsy. Yeah. <laughs> no, not one year in middle school. Now it might be setting on. Now my my eyes are going bad. Um, <laughs> no, I think. Um, yeah, it was it was an unbelievable experience. The government wanted us to live on the uh, compound, which is like uh, like basically on the embassy, um, where my dad worked, and my dad was like, uh, "No, I want to go live in Tokyo." So they paid for us to live in an unbelievable um, apartment that I could basically see the Times Square. It's like downtown Roppongi. It's um, unbelievable. I went to an international school where the princess of Japan went to my school. She had her own building. She wasn't allowed to be with the common folk. Uh, okay. um, I'm not kidding. Royal. Uh, yes, yeah. no, literally she had her own building. Um, but uh, it was an unbelievable experience. It's really where I learned my love of volleyball and basketball, um, played both sports my whole life. Um, my dad played basketball in college. Um, he was at Maritime, right? Maritime University, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the J and Ray privateers, show. Yeah, the privateers. Yeah. yeah, they were Division One then. Now they're Division Two. I think. I can't. I think in I some think sports they are. Okay. Yeah. But um, so my dad's Ray, and his best friend was named Jay, and it was the J and Ray show. Okay. And he, holy crap! It. I said that. Yeah. The J and Ray show. So um, yeah, he played basketball my whole life. He was my my coach my whole life. I was like a little boy playing basketball. Then picked up volleyball. Just loved it. Um, in sixth grade, uh, my basketball coach was like, "You're tall. You should play volleyball." I was like, "Okay, cool. I'll try." Um. Loved it. I uh, immediately, because I was in tr Tokyo, nothing against Japanese people. They're my favorite people. I always say I'm one third <laughs> Japanese because I live a long time there. Um, I was the tallest girl. I was 5'11 at 12, so I haven't grown since I was 12. Um, yeah, you were towering over the I was 12. very tall. I was yeah. very tall. I've been tall here. But anyway, yeah. I had to play middle. So they were like, just threw me in the middle. Um, but I played back row. I played middle school. Um, and... Uh, just threw me in the middle. I just, I was like, give me the ball. I don't care. I just wanted to hit the ball hard. Um, yeah, but uh, Japanese volleyball, they're very, very strict, just like with the rest of their culture and what they choose to do. So, like, if a Japanese person will say to you, like, yeah, I play tennis, like, they're probably really good. Like, they train, they pick a sport, basically, in the Japanese culture, they pick a sport very early and they stick with it until, mm -hmm. like, it's a discipline to them. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, learning that structured, disciplined type of Japanese volleyball early was really awesome um i really didn't play beach overseas um we weren't very there probably wasn't beach. probably wasn't a great opportunity for that there no it was all indoor and then when i came back to america my senior year um uh which was kind of a hard transition kind of not that's an I, interesting time to come yeah, over because yeah. i mean especially for trying to figure out what you're doing collegiately and playing athletics i mean yeah. that's that probably you felt like yeah. you might have been behind the eight ball a little oh, bit. Oh, I was 100%. Yeah. Honestly, that is why I went to a junior college okay. is because I moved back when I was 17 and no one knew who I was. Because you're, you're just coming out of the weeds. You're yeah. like, how? who is this person? This is also arriving? in 2006 mm -hmm. or 2007, 2008 when I was uh, going to be a senior. And so 
the YouTube world was not even like fully kicked it off. It was like two you, years into the mix. Create, yeah. You didn't create a, a, yeah. a recruiting page. It was just like coaches saw you or they did Huddle was still evolving. Yes, all those things. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I didn't have a huddle account. Yeah. I didn't even know what that was, honestly. Mm-hmm. And my parents didn't realize how much I wanted to play volleyball. Um, my dad was still praying and wishing that I, was, that I was basketball babe. Yeah. And I was not. I just got beat up too much. I loved it. And I was arguably better in basketball than volleyball. But volleyball was where my heart was. Um, I moved um, to Fort Lauderdale. Uh, there was a girl on my uh, high school team. Her name was Stephanie Pelletieri. She play- ended up playing at Florida State. She uh, introduced me to beach volleyball, like real beach volleyball. Um, so we played in high school for a bit. I still remain close friends with her. She's awesome. She, Like I said, she played beach at uh, Florida State after. She was a couple years younger yeah. than me. Um, and then I got the opportunity to go to a junior college, State College of Florida. It was the only school that really recruited me other than walk-on positions. And I just wasn't interested in going to a big school and not contributing. I'd always rather be a mm-hmm. big fish in a small pond. Um, and went to a junior college. Uh, every single starter um, played in Division Two or Division One. after we won a state championship. We were very good. We went to the JUCO, um, NJCAAs. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did not win, but uh, we did a great job. We played, uh, you know, I had another Florida State uh, transfer, my outside Aurora Davis, who still plays um, AVP professionally. Mm. Um, so we were really good. Um, and then it came time to figure out what I was going to do. And a lot of the my teammates who I went to junior college with were like teetering. Am I going to play? Am I going to play? Am I going to play in the next two years? It was never a question. I just had to figure out where I was going. Um, talked to the head coach at the time. Her name is Kevin Campbell. She's the associate head at um, NC State right now. Hey, Kevin. Um, she's awesome. She's the one who gave me the opportunity to play here. Um, she was like, you're an awesome setter. You're also a great beach player because we got to play beach at my junior college. Um, we had a fully uh, running program. We were in Siesta Key, Florida, which it's ripe for beach volleyball. It's one of the biggest hubs in the East Coast. Um, and so I learned how to play beach, like for real, played with Aurora Davis. Um, and we won the Siesta Key NJCAA National Championships for Beach as well. And we got to play against teams. We got to play against the University of Miami in um, the finals, which was so cool. And there were scouts there. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got recruited. It was just, and I came on a visit and I was like, this is it. I love Jacksonville. It is so different than what I thought it would yeah. be. Yeah. How do you think that um, being in Jacksonville and being at North Florida kind of, um, did it play a part in really amplifying where beach um, is in your life and how important it is because of the culture of the city? Yeah, I would say coming from, so like in Fort Lauderdale, it's pretty big. And in Siesta Key, it's huge. Right. Um, so that's where my junior college was. Mm-hmm. Then when I came here, it was just as big. And that made me so happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I immediately met people that weren't affiliated with the school, but were just beach players. Like, uh, And they're still my good friends. And, you know, beach volleyball has brought us all together. And I would say my collective good core group of friends are all beach volleyball players um where on an off day if i have a sunday off we're going to 37th south Mm -hmm. uh, that's where i lived down at jack's beach and we built a court there in our backyard i don't live on the beach but i'm pretty close i can walk so we have a court you definitely make that a part of your life oh yeah yeah. and i've taught ryan my husband how to play beach volleyball Mm -hmm. how is he (laughs) he played in middle school so and one of the i remember one of the first conversations we had he was trying to show off and he was like, I was the sombrero. And I was like, you mean the libero? Oh, you sure he wasn't joking? <laughs> um, I hope so. <laughs> I'm not sure. 
<laughs> I was, he was like, I wore a different color jersey. I was like, yes, you're the libero. You're the libero. Yeah. He doesn't remember. He was uh, like, I had to pick baseball. <laughs> how do you think that it, the city though, and you know, Jack's Beach, Beach helps, um, you know, the program here? Yeah. I think when we go down to Jack's Beach, I think we get so much attention. People are like, what's going on? Like, it's such an exciting sport. And because of the growth of the sport, it has, like, the athletes, like I was saying, they have just just they're they are true beach volleyball athletes like they can get up and bounce balls where when we were playing it was just a little bit it was a little bit more cut shots a little bit more high Mm -hmm. lines now it's like true athleticism like you can get up and bounce a ball straight down um yeah in the community we have always gotten really great um feedback from everybody when we host the beach tournaments like people come down just you know it's a day at the beach like why wouldn't you want to be there um and the beach volleyball community in general there's a couple different beach clubs jack's beach volleyball Um, my friend kent amons runs that he is an amazing asset that we have um he's for juniors and uh it just you know it's still growing and there's so many girls now in the area that are playing club and playing beach and it is possible to do both if you love both you should do both um until you until someone says you can't and who are they to tell you so you mm-hmm. can still do it mm-hmm. yeah um yeah so i want to circle back to what i said earlier just about the grind of um being a part of both of the programs mm. um you know and that's that's one of the unique things about a lot of schools that do host beach volleyball um is the demand for for being a part of both um, just explain what that what the day, what the day to day looks like when you do have responsibilities for both and you have recruiting for both and mm. you know during the crossover parts where you might have fall games for beach and then you know um you know or or you know responsibilities for indoor and you're you know you're at a tournament in the spring yeah absolutely i mean it is it is a art to try to create a schedule that works for both works for all staff works for all players and have a life. Um, the third one, the last one, is probably not really going to happen. Um, if you're if you're part of staff for both, um, like this last two years of my life have been um, straight volleyball, then straight to beach. Um, mm-hmm. So like for our schedule, we're eight nine to twelve um, indoor practice, and then twelve to three beach practice, and then we come back into the offices, and then we're doing all the admin stuff, and then um, for travel, um, basically. Fall is indoor time and beach is springtime, but there are always going to be things that pop up now because of the growing of the sport. Beach volleyball isn't just a little side thing. It's, I mean, it's, it's fully, it's fully running. So like you'll have to have staff members that are specifically only for one sport that can help run when coach Wright has to go back and forth. Um, where like, so in, I think three weeks, uh, beach is playing down in Tavares is they're running mm-hmm. a huge tournament and we're here at home playing Kennesaw. Right. Um, so like we have staff that is full beach that will take the girls there and then they'll come back and then honestly, our beach girls will help serve our indoor girls and they'll come to the games and they'll come sand still on them, sunburnt from a whole day of beach volleyball, but then they come support their teammates. Um, that's how we want it to be. We don't want it to be two separate sports when it comes to the girls together um they are all like best friends it's mm-hmm. 30 best friends it's it's amazing to watch um because they all understand the grind of doing both um the majority of well half of indoor is going outdoor i mean right this year especially from what i've heard for the roster this upcoming season yeah absolutely i mean there's seven indoor girls that's almost half of 16 so i mean <laughs> the the majority of the girls are going to be together um, on that beach side. So it's important to build chemistry 
even from the beginning. And like when we do like team dinners at Coach Wright's house, we'll all go together. Um, it's basically, you know, it's uh, it's a great atmosphere that we're building and continue to keep building to make sure that everyone is equal. Mm-hmm. Like they're all getting the same amount of love while still trying to create downtime, mm-hmm. which like I said, not happening. Yeah, probably. I mean, something has to be sacrificed yeah, for absolutely. it to be but if you love it, as like, good as you want it to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's obviously going to be days when you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. Mm-hmm. But like when it's my birthday and um, I got 36 cards, handwritten cards from all the girls, I was like, oh, are you kidding? Do not do that. Do not make me cry. This is so cute. Um, and they're so appreciative. We have a very special group of girls that they love each other and they love each other well and they love their staff and we reciprocate and we just we just want them to have the best experience it's about their experience so obviously we're in the thick of indoor um you know fast forward for just the sake uh what are you excited for for this beach team and obviously got 20 wins again last year um you got a you know donna's coming in with her sophomore year after you know having a great year and going to canada and playing in cali and mads and um uh, Lauren and you know Kirby and and everybody that wants mm-hmm. to play from the indoor side as well, um, and now the momentum with the coop. Um, what are you excited for for the season? I'm just so excited to watch them compete. I think, like I said, it's a very special group of girls. I think they are all very um, grateful for what they get while still hungry for more. Um, where like last year we had a big upset, not a big, but a big upset against number 17 TCU, mm-hmm. and I mean you would have thought we won the national championship. It was, it was amazing. a three, two, it was three, two yeah, huge Chaney. came down to Cheney yeah. and Tony and the ones mm-hmm. up at the third set. I think it was, I think we ended up winning like 16, 14. It was very tight. Mm-hmm. I remember being on pins and needles myself. Um, and just knowing that then the next day we drive home and like, they're ready for practice. Like that's the most exciting is that they're ready to grind and get after it. Like, like I said, it's still a growing sport, but they know what it takes to win and then they know what it takes to come back from not winning. And I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of those feelings just because of um, a sun conference last year and how we came up short. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that there's a lot of grit and tenacity in them and they don't want to feel like that again. I know that that's a big thing for them is that, you know, to kind of um, redeem themselves from Mm -hmm. that. Well, I'll be, I'll be watching, you know, I'll be there. So thanks again, Emily, for coming on. Thanks for having me, Brock. You're a rock star. All right. Emily Streck. Thanks again for listening to uh, this installment with Emily Streck of Talent Talk. Thanks again for being on, Emily. Next week, our guest will be Veronica Klimplova, sophomore second baseman on the UNF softball team. Klimplova, native of Brno, Czech Republic, is coming off time playing for her country in Japan and has also played throughout the U.S. and Canada, uh, representing the Czech Republic. So just kind of an interesting story there. Looking on in our athletics calendar, volleyball is going to face Mississippi State tonight and round out its regular season tournament schedule at the Hale State Invitational with Jackson State tomorrow. Men's soccer is at home this Saturday against Liberty and Tuesday against USF, while women's soccer plays host to Illinois State Friday, Western Carolina, Sunday, South Carolina State next Thursday. Men's golf will go to Birmingham Monday for the Graham McDowell Invitational, while the women head to Gonzaga Collegiate uh, Monday as well. Men's tennis will have a split squad sending players to Macon, Georgia for the Mercer Invite, as well as the James Bonk Invite in Durham, North Carolina, hosted by Duke. And the women, uh, women's tennis squad will also 
be in making. So thanks again for listening to the second installment of Talent Talk. See you next Thursday for more news and another feature interview.